In all the planning and getting ready for today, I have been aware that there seems to be so much talk, and all the talk that we do seem to hear at the moment is about saving Christmas. And it seems to be the most important thing that we could possibly have. You listen to our politicians, you listen to all the newspapers, and everything they're saying is that the most important thing is that we're going to have a good Christmas. No matter what else happens, let's make sure that we've got a really good Christmas. And so uh, politicians have enabled uh, families to be able to have five days uh, over Christmas where they're going to be together and one of these so-called bubbles and we can enjoy that and we can have all the wonder. But that all got me thinking. Actually, there must be something really special about Christmas if everybody is talking about trying to save Christmas, that it's something that's really worth saving. And What's different about Christmas? I had a little think. And one of the obvious things that I was thinking about was, and this ain't working. Someone has got it. Yeah. Um, See that word on the screen up there? That's what your mom normally says, isn't it? No. You've had too many sweets. No, you've got to go to bed. No, you've got to stop playing that game because you've got your homework to do. That's what our mums are always saying, no. But Christmas, Christmas is different. Christmas is like mums coming up to you and saying, here, have some more chocolate. Here's a big bag of sweets. You need more of that. And they keep piling stuff on you. And so Christmas is obviously very, very different. I mean, normally you get, maybe if it's a birthday, you get maybe one toy, maybe two toys. But Christmas, you get a whole big pile of stuff. It's like, it's like, it's totally different from any time of the year. Normally, you're told, stop watching TV, half seven, and get ready for bed, go to bed. Christmas, you're up to midnight, and you're watching any TV, any programs that you want to do. So this person who's always shouting no, is suddenly saying yes. So Christmas is different just for that reason alone. Another thing that I notice about Christmas that's different is, and I've got a picture up there of your family, because normally in your wider family, you don't see them that often, maybe once in a while. But Christmas, it's like they're always there and you go to visit people normally at Christmas. But this Christmas, you're still going to be able to do it for a few. And when you go and you spend that time with that family, you're going to be looking at your watch and you're going to be saying to people, how long do we have to stay? Can we not go? Because Christmas is that sort of different time of the year where you spend so much time with all these people. And it's as if we're trying to say at Christmas that Christmas needs to fix things that are wrong. And if our my family's relationships, and I know we're not getting on well with them. Maybe Christmas is going to put it all right, and if I spend time with them, that'll work. And there's another thing I was noticing about Christmas at times that's a little bit different, and the next slide is just your regular shopping. 
mean, normally if Tesco's arrives at the door, they've got one or two bags. And in that bag, you might have maybe one bag of potatoes and you've got six eggs and you have got one box or two boxes of cereal. But Christmas is different because there's just so much stuff. There's boxes and boxes of cereal. There's cartons and cartons of juice. And you're, you're also getting stuff that you would never dream of eating at any other time of the year. And some of you probably like things like Brussels sprouts and cranberry sauce and stuffing. But you, that's the sort of stuff. And so Christmas is different. And it's almost like we make Christmas different because we're fed up with being boring. And we want Christmas to be a little bit different. And that's what Boris and Michelle and Arlene have been trying to do because they think Christmas needs to be different and that somehow Christmas can save us. Well, I'm going to think about that this morning and I'm going to say that they're talking complete nonsense because no matter how you make a holiday, you cannot make a holiday save you, no matter what they try and say. So we're going to think a little bit more about that uh, as we go through the service. There's always something that's a a big popular part of our Christmas family service. And that's when normally we bring all the kids from Sunday school up here and that we've got a big Christmas nativity and something we have maybe like nearly a hundred kids up at the front and they've been doing all this and it's been great and we really enjoy that and it's wonderful and it's great to see. And maybe that's one of the big things. It's, it's very different. And also the church is completely bonged out and it's very different uh, today. Uh, so, but I had a little think, well, what can I do to make it just a little bit more normal? And I thought, well, we're not getting our nativity. And I thought, well, let's try and make a nativity. So last Sunday afternoon, uh, I ran around the manse and I tried to pick up some things that might make someone look like Herod or Mary or some of the other things. And uh, there was very, I mean, in terms of costumes here, there was no advance preparation last Sunday afternoon, and uh, I apologize for that. (laughs) The only benefit is that it's not too long. Giles, could you press the button? There's an old Jewish expression that goes like this. People make plans, God laughs. We think we know what's going to happen, and we really don't. Sound familiar? We have plans, but God shows up with other plans. And sometimes he shows up in person. A couple of thousand years ago, there was another very weird year. And if they'd had the internet back then, maybe the Christmas story would have gone like this. It all started when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Herod, it's Quirinius. You're on mute. Doesn't matter. You don't need to talk. Just listen. All those plans you had for the feasts and games and everything, cancel them. God just showed up. And by God, I mean Augustus Caesar. He just sent out an order that everyone must go to their hometown to be registered. I know, admin nightmare. Stop crying, Herod. Just get it done. Steve, it's Joseph. You're on mute. Press that. No, no, no. You see that other button? Oh, it doesn't matter. 
Can you mind the workshop and finish turning those shepherd's crooks? I know, I'm sorry, I was going to do them, but I've got to get back to Bethlehem to register. And I'm taking Mary, who isn't technically my wife, but long story short, God showed up in a dream. I know it sounds weird, and I haven't been eating that cheese. This angel said, it's all straight up. Mary's going to have a baby, and I'm going to call him Jesus. Apparently, it means God saves. Anyway, sorry to drop you in it, but I've got problems too. I don't have luggage that fits in a donkey for a start. And feed the cat, Steve. Bye. Hello, Mum. Mum, you're on, you're on mute. You just... Oh, don't worry. I'll just talk. I haven't got long. So Joseph's coming over. And I'm going to go to Bethlehem with Joseph. He's from Bethlehem, the city of David. I'm having a baby. That wasn't planned quite so soon. But, well, God showed up, so plans have changed. He sent an angel to talk to me. I was making flatbreads at the time. He said I will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and name him Jesus. He will be great, and the people will call him the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of King David, his ancestor, and he will rule over the people of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. So I said, I am the servant girl of the Lord. Let this happen to me, as you say, which seemed like the right thing to say at the time. So I'm off to Bethlehem, Mum. I'll bring you back a souvenir. Casper, Casper, you're on mute. Don't worry, there's no time to talk. We have to pack for a long journey west. Yes, I know you wanted to go to that party because the stars say you may be lucky in love, but plans have changed. God showed up. Look out the window. It's the brightest star you've ever seen. It's like something coming out of heaven. You only get this once in a, well, ever. It's a sign and we need to investigate. Remember where God's people came from? Yes, Israel. We need to go there. And I get this feeling we may need to pack a lot of gold, incense. And have you got any myrrh? Put that in. And maybe a little rattle, some cowpaw and some milk. I'll get the camels ready. Let's go. Marcus, Marcus, you're on mute. That's on purpose, because I'm the king. I tell you what to do, and I don't care what you have to say. It's bad enough that I had to cancel that big feast I was planning because of the census. And now this. I was planning another feast to celebrate how brilliant I am, and then these three men from the east turn up wanting to see the king. And I said, you find him. Bow down. Help yourself to some of my feast. They said they were looking for a baby who was to be born the king of the Jews. They say they saw his star in the east and came to worship him. They say that God showed up. I'm the king of the Jews. Ask Quirinius. My son is to be the king next, not this baby. Marcus, I don't care how you do it or what you have to do, but find that baby. Jeff? Jeff? Jeff, you're on mute. Oh well, doesn't matter. I'm pretty speechless myself. I've just seen something amazing. There we were on the hillside, telling scary stories. I was in the middle of that one where David fights Goliath. 
Ah, you do a really good Goliath voice, you really do. Always cracks me up, that one. Yeah, but God showed up, and well, everything's changed. There was like a massive army of angels singing, telling us what they say. They said, they said a saviour has been born in David's town. He is Christ, the Lord. And that we'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a feeding box. We want to go and have a look at that. So, Jeff, Jeff, can you come out here and mind the flock? They're really no trouble. Well, not much trouble. But here, I'll leave you my crook. Those ones Joseph was going to make haven't come through yet. He's normally on time. Weird. Wonder why he's not. Anyway, here's my crook. And we're off to Bethlehem. Hello, Dad. I can see you, but I can't hear you. You're on mute. It doesn't matter because you're a donkey, so you can't talk, which is weird. But then, right now, everything seems to be weird. There I was, sitting down for the night in the stable, when these two humans showed up. They brought another donkey who started to eat my dinner, and I was not one bit happy. And then there was one big commotion, screaming and shouting, and a third human showed up, a really small one, about the size of a lamb. And do you know what they did with him? They put him in my feeding trough. And I thought, what am I supposed to do? Eat him, but I'm a herbivore. I can't eat that. Then some shepherds stood up, and these wise men came from the east with very odd presents. And now in the quiet again, but I just wanted to say, send some hay because what's left is now bedding. Hay for bedding. Talk about posh. Who does this baby think he is? Anyway, I'm hungry. Send some food. Mom. I've left you on mute because he's asleep, but he's perfect. I know everybody says that about their babies, but this one really is. We called him Jesus, Mum. I know you like the name Zerubbabel, but the angel said Jesus. But he'll also be known as Emmanuel, which means God with us, because despite all our plans, God really showed up. Okay, thank you for that. Um, now let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, which is the account uh, that a lot of that little nativity was based around. Matthew chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 18. Let's hear God's word. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. We thank God for this reading of his truth. Amen. And just getting back to, to that story uh, about Christmas and just thinking about it is that the next slide is going to show what we really love about Christmas. Um, if you can push one slide further on and beyond that, yeah. We love sort of that cute, cuddly story, everything happening just as you would expect it to be, all the usual characters in place, all doing what they should be doing, and it's wonderful, and it's reassuring, and it's just terrific. But as the next slide's going to show, is that it almost didn't happen that way. Because you'll notice that almost Joseph, he didn't show up. Because he found out something that wasn't, he wasn't going to be happy about. He found out that the girl that he was going to be married to was expecting a baby. He knew it wasn't his, so he wasn't going to hang around. And he was just going to run away. He was going to do it in a way that was quite quiet because he didn't want to annoy the girl, didn't want to annoy Mary. He didn't want to make anything bad happen to her. So he was just going to walk away quietly. But then, as we've heard in that Bible story we've just read today, is that an angel appeared to him in the middle of the night and told him something that he wasn't expecting at all. To make this a little bit more interactive than possibly this might be at this point, I'm going to divide the church down the middle. That's this side, obviously, and that's the, this side. And maybe out in the welcome area, if you can divide yourselves up, I don't know where that line quite falls as well, but wherever it's going to be. If you imagine you're out on this side, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you a question is, what should Joseph do? And the answer is, marry Mary. Can you say that? You're on that side, Harry. <laughs> and as you do that, make a little heart shape, which is all lovely, with your hands. That's good, that's good. This one, I'm gonna ask the question is, whose baby is it? And you're gonna say, it's God's baby. That's you, Harry. It's God's baby, right? We're, we're getting there because we've just been reading in that story. I'm going to read that verse again to you. It's verse 20. It says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because the baby that is in her is from the Holy Spirit. What should Joseph do? And whose is the baby? That's good, we're getting places. I'm going to read on into verse 21 of this passage now because it says that Mary, she will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. Give him that name because he will save his people from their sins. 
I'm going to get you this time, this side, simply to say, call him Jesus. And this side, I'm going, to get, I'm going to ask the question, is what does this baby do? He will save us from our sins. Can you say that? Yes. Now, on this side, I'm going to make you a little bit more complicated from where we were, is that you're saying, call him Jesus. I want you to make sure you're pointing up, okay? So when we're saying that point up, whenever you lot are talking about sin, because this is what this baby's going to be doing, he's going to save us from our sin. Jesus didn't have any sin. All the sin's ours. So you can point to yourself because you're in the middle of that. You too, Harry, okay? Right, we'll go back here. What was Joseph going to call him? And what was the baby going to do? Yeah, that's pretty good. Now, we've said that. And with a bit of an idea what this baby was going to do and how he was going to save us from our sins. But... To really help you understand that just a little bit more, I've got this thing down here. Guys, can you zoom in into this Jenga for me? Because I want you to try and imagine that this Jenga represents your life, okay? So this is you. This is your life. Now, normally, you try and do this. My Connor, yeah, you're too tall. You've got the, your jeans are all big giant jeans. Yep, I know. Uh, this Jenga represents your life. And each of these little sticks are what we will then say, it's the sin in your life. And the problem is so often is that sin really does ruin stuff. Look at that. Now, that's all the sin that you do. Every time you lose your temper, every time you don't do something, you let someone down, every time you think the wrong thing, every time you do the wrong thing, that sin is something that completely ruins your life. And it ruins all of our lives. But the thing about Jesus is that Jesus, and if I was then to try and rebuild this, is that Jesus begins to rebuild our lives properly because Jesus is the one who saves us from our sin. That's the most wonderful, the most special thing about Jesus is that he really can remake us. He can forgive our sin. That was why Jesus came into the world. That's why this name, his very name tells you something that is so important that the name Jesus means God saves. God saves you from all the mess and all that is wrong and all the disappointments. And again, thinking about sin. I mean, every time your mom has to say, no, you can't eat that or you've had too much of that or you've had too much TV, the reason moms have to say no it's because we do sin and we do keep messing up. And I've got my picture of the family. The reason that we fall out with one another and we argue with one another is because we sin. And that's why our relationships with one another so often are broken. 
And at Christmas time, we're always buying lots of stuff and we're running out to shops and we're filling our bags up. And the, and the reason that we do that is that we're trying to find that life, well, there must be something to life. I need some sort of, something that makes me feel good. And again, that's, that sin messes it up, that I can never feel satisfied in life and that there's always something wrong. Sin really does mess up our lives. And yet what we try and do so often is we try and fix things ourselves. I try my very best to be good. And so I try not to lose my temper and I try to be a nice person and I try to say the right things to people but it's all a bit of a mess. But whenever we remind ourselves of something that actually Joseph should have known, because the first thing that Joseph heard in his dream was that he was to call this baby Jesus because Jesus means God saves. The other thing didn't come to Joseph in a dream, but was something he should have known from a long time ago because this baby who was going to be born, this savior who was going to come had another name. And that name was Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And the fact that Jesus is with us in that he helps us. So whenever I try to fix my life and I realize that I can't do it, the fact that Jesus is with me, the fact that Jesus has promised never to leave me, and if I begin to build my life with Jesus, it's completely different because Jesus brings a whole sense of purpose and value into my life and that my life can be strong and secure when I'm trusting and relying on Jesus. I just want finally just to remind you again of these two names uh, that are associated with Jesus. And tying it all together as we think what Joseph learnt and what was significant in his life and why Christmas became so important for him. I really do hope that your Christmas this year will be special and that your Christmas will in that sense be magical and will be like no other and that you will be really pleased with with all that happens and all the people that you see and all the people that you're with and all that you receive and all the gifts that you have and that, and that there will be just something really good, something that's really enjoyable. But let's make sure that we do remember what Christmas is really all about. These two names of Jesus. The first one, simply reminding us is that Jesus saves us. He saves us from all that is wrong in our lives and all that's messed up and all that is literally broken. And Jesus gives you the chance today to start over afresh and that you can say, look, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I can't do this myself. I can't fix myself. I mess up so many things. I disappoint myself. I disappoint my family. I disappoint others. 
And it just seems to me that there's nothing that I can do. Well, you know, if that's you, you're just like everybody else. And what you need to hear is that Jesus means God saves, is that God has forgiven your sin completely and he gives you that chance to start over. And that was the important lesson that Joseph learned in the dream. And the other one, of course, was the thing that he should have learned because this, this was spoken 800 years before even Joseph was born, that this Saviour, this Messiah, was going to be called Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God is with us. And that's the difference that God makes in our lives. That's why, our, that's why we have hope. That's why we don't need to be so depressed. And that's why we don't need to be so beaten down because we really have God who is with us, who holds us and carries us through. I think there's a slide. The next slide is simply a reminder of our politicians. Is it? I've got... Yeah, those people. I mean, those people might think that they can do what they can to try and make people Christmas special and significant. But, you know, no matter what they do, there is nothing that they can do because it's all been done for us by Jesus. At the very start, I was saying maybe there are some things about Christmas that are very different. And the reason that mums are saying no all the time to us and they give us, and at Christmas it's different and they give us so much is that it's because I think we're trying to make Christmas not like any other boring day of the week. That there has to be something different about this time of the year because we're fed up And truly this year we are fed up with COVID and we're fed up with having to do what we have to do and being separate from one another. And we're really fed up with this so-called boring life and we want life to be different. Well, you know, the fact that Jesus has come and that Jesus saves means that he delivers us from all of that. And then even when it's our family and, and we think about Christmas and what we, what we really normally like about Christmas is that it's supposed to bring families together. And that's our hope and we hope that it can fix our relationships and the things that I've said that I shouldn't have said and that's upset people, we're hoping that Christmas can fix that and yet we know every time we watch the news that that never works either. But Jesus saves and God is with us and that's what makes that so different. And again, there is hope. And I'm And Christmas is all about buying stuff and getting stuff. That's what seemingly most people think it's always about and it's about nothing else for them. And the reason people are constantly wanting stuff is because they want to be satisfied. If I can only get something, then I'll be happy. And then we forget, of course, that the most significant, wonderful thing we already have, and that is Jesus. This Jesus who saves, this God who is with us. And we want to thank God this Christmas for Jesus. So let's just pray together now at this point. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you are so different from anyone we experience or listen to in this life. Truly, you give us hope. You make life for us. You make Christmas for us. It's not that we need to save Christmas, but Lord, we know that through Christmas you save us. And being aware of that message, may we 
be enthused and excited and want to share that message. So Lord, give us today a sense of the wonder of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.